0: Hey everybody, it's Craig here. Uh, just a short message I wanted to append to the front of this episode for a couple of reasons. First of all, when we recorded this episode uh, earlier in December, we forgot, of course, that it would be going out on the 20th in quite close proximity to Christmas. And I don't believe that we wished you guys all a happy, secular, non-denominational winter festival. So whatever your proclivity, um, whatever your inclination to celebrate over this period, we hope you and your friends and your family have a really fantastic 25th of December. And hey, Every other day for that matter <laughs> Because if you're listening to this You're officially awesome um, We really appreciate the support and the feedback we've had so far uh, On that note, the second reason That I was recording this short message Was to give a shout out to our new friends Erica Long and Cole Relaine Over at the Magic Lantern Podcast um, Those guys were kind enough To give us a shout out at the end of uh, A previous episode, which we really appreciated They have a really fantastic show And if you have any interest at all In movies, you uh, you really need to check out the Magic Lantern podcast. Uh, You can also find the guys on Twitter at lantern underscore cast. Uh, Erica and Cole do a really fantastic show that um, I'm enjoying massively, I have to say. And it's one of the better produced um, and more informative film podcasts that I've had the pleasure to stumble across recently. It's a fantastic mix of, of uh, insight and a personal relation to the movies that those guys discuss on a, on a bi-weekly basis. So do yourself a favor and head over there and check that out. You will not be disappointed. Erica. Cole, thank you very much, and hopefully we can uh, we can sort something out in the new year where we can have those guys as guests on the show perhaps. Um so without further ado, I shall stop waffling um and it's on with the show.
1: there and welcome to yet another Fuds on Film podcast. This is our intermission episode for December and in this we'll be discussing the somewhat diminished number of films we've seen this year but still hope to give you some idea of things that we'd saw, we liked and we think we'd be worth you catching up on. I am Drew Tavendale with me Scott Morris. Hello. And Craig Eastman. Hello. Okay and without further ado let's crack on Mr Morris over there. Do you have a film you'd like to mention to our audience?
2: Yes, I uh, just echo what Drew's saying. There's not been a, a banner year for me in terms of attendance of the cinema, so there's a hell of a lot of films that I uh, would have liked to have catched the one that I simply haven't. So we'll have to just take that on our stride. But the first film that I think I'll mention uh, in no particular order is Sicario. Uh, I don't think I'm going to spend too much, uh, spend too long talking about it because they did cover it in a, a fairly recent podcast. But it's uh, a very tense uh, drama as a, an FBI agent is drawn into a uh, CIA-backed plot to try and unleash some terror on the Mexican uh, cartels that are uh, having their that are sort of crossing the border and causing all sorts of ruckus in the the Texas kind of area. So it's uh, it's. A very tense little piece of, uh, it's not quite investigative work, but it manages to create some incredible moments of tension and builds up to some uh, quite uh, dramatic uh, I think firefights. And uh, it's just a really well crafted uh, thriller. Uh, has some of the most intense uh, moments of tension that I've seen in anything, uh, in any cinema ever. Um, and it's also got this incredible uh, soundtrack all the way throughout it that really just uh, helps to bring that through this kind of this pounding kind of electronic. Uh, Nuisance that uh, really helps the the ambiance of the thing. Uh, some great uh, acting throughout, and it's very well directed. So yes, that's a that's certainly one you should catch up on if you have not seen that one already. Uh, if you want more details on that, I think it's a, a catch up podcast from a couple of months ago. Uh, we talked about that, so yeah, give that a, give a listen if you want some more details on that. But I heartily recommend that one.
1: Right, one of the films I found most rewarding this year is something that I'll admit actually I was ever so slightly worried about because first of all it's based on a book that I absolutely um, loved and thoroughly enjoyed the book. Did they release The Joy of Sex this year? The Shades of Grey wasn't it? It was actually one of the Mr Men stories (laughs) (laughs) and that that painful transition to the big screen for such a a weighty important tome, (laughs) you know how badly that can go (laughs) Yeah, so a book that I thoroughly enjoyed and a director whose skills, perhaps not the right term, but whose approach nowadays gives me pause for thought rather than would instantly excite me, as I might have done maybe 15 years ago, and that's Ridley Scott. But it turns out that old Ridley still has a, a bit of a deft touch at the wheel here and done a fine job of bringing The Martian to the big screen. Based on andy Weir's best selling novel now, and I know for instance that Craig doesn't thinks this, this book's entertaining. doesn't think the dialogue's fantastic I'd say it maybe it's a very it. poorly
0: written book, so you're wrong, but carry on <laughs> 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 no sorry, I don't mean it sounds so nauseous yeah i do, i do, i disagree on the on the the potency of the the book, but it's it's a good yarn, and the science is interesting so i I do very much want to see the film
1: i don't think i um, I did quickly say I thoroughly enjoyed it, not necessarily it was good. Not that, I don't think it was good. I'll grant but, you that, a touché. Um, but yeah, so Ridley Scott brings this to the big screen and you know, it was filmed in 3D and so I was thinking, oh great, more gimmickry. Um, and the last outings for Ridley Scott have been things like Prometheus and Exodus which haven't been fantastic. Bit worried, but no, it's, like the book it's kind of not a fantastic dialogue but it's just deeply, deeply entertaining. Matt Damon, maybe not, the absolute best choice for the central character he does a really sterling job in there particularly given that for the vast majority of the running time of the film he's on screen alone which um, it's got to be a pretty hard thing to do to carry the weight of that on your shoulders throughout the film it's got entertaining support from Tua Tualegia for uh, Jessica Chastain actually maybe a bit miscast in this film but I'd like sort of your man Jeff Daniels, etc., all there. A very weird-looking Sean Bean. And yeah, it, it was good. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the book, but perhaps doesn't have quite the same amount of peril as the book, doesn't it? They think the film could actually have done with a lot more peril, but it's really entertaining. Matt Damon's very engaging as the stranded astronaut and it's, yeah, it's just going to, it's a good, that's crazy, it's a good yarn. It's deeply entertaining. It's not, and the science is really interesting, even if it's not as deep as it could be, as it is in the book. And it's just like Ridley Scott seems to have remembered, you know how films can be fun? Look at this, I can do a fun film. Which is nice to know that he's still got that in him.
2: Yes, I like the book, uh, like the film for all the same reasons I liked the book, which is largely that it was an entertaining um, yarn, as you say. Uh. It's good to see that the the film is faithful enough to carry over most of the really crap dialogue (laughs) Um, It's it's embarrassing in some occasions But it it works, it's very entertaining Uh, It's one of the more engaging bits of uh, filmmaking I've seen this year It's the sort of thing you might imagine would be a a kind of 50s serial um, Kind of episodic kind of thing Um, It works it works pretty well. I enjoyed it wholeheartedly, and it's uh, definitely worth looking at. Uh, yeah, Science—I'm not that convinced. The science in the book was all that brilliant either. To be honest, no great sure that could be a ripped apart by Neil deGrasse Tyson, if he was so inclined. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it is an incredibly entertaining book and film for my, my money. So yes, give either of them, or both, a go. To be fair to of, the last couple of years when there have been two space
1: films where people have talked a lot about the science, I'm pretty confident The Martian does a hell of a lot better job than Interstellar did.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at uh, no point is he going to Black Hole and bother a library. No. Yes. The robot design?
1: isn't as good because there aren't any robots, which is always a disappointment, but um, it's (laughs) it's considerably better than
0: Interstellar. Okay, so I guess uh, I'd probably give a mention to the film I saw most recently, actually, which was Bridge of Spies. Uh, Steven Spielberg's latest, uh, starring Tom Hank. (laughs) Oh my days, I've only had one vodka so far. What the hell are they putting in this stuff? Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Steven Spielberg's latest, starring Tom Hanks and your man Mark Rylance um, And really sort of his, his first major, major uh, big screen role, I think, of his career I've certainly not come across him uh, He's been courted by um, Hollywood for some time uh, And this is the first occasion where he's really bothered to uh, to reciprocate And uh, what, what a pleasure it is um, it's uh, based on a true story, obviously for uh, for given values of true, uh, as Hollywood likes to take liberties with these things. But I understand that historically, it's reasonably accurate, <laughs> and it tells the tale of a Soviet spy embedded in Russian uh, Russian embedded in American society, who is outed by the CIA. Um, And then is later exchanged for a downed US spy plane pilot That exchange uh, being arranged by Tom Hanks Following his successful, but very difficult for his family and career Defence of said spy in the American courts uh, Which saves him from the electric chair This is a film which hinges very much on its two central performances And I've always been... A little bit dubious. Always had my reservations about Tom Hanks, even when I've liked him at his best in films like *Road to Perdition*. There are always little Hanks moments where the uh, the stage curtains uh, part slightly, and there's there's old Tom Hanks um, standing in the back, and I find that a little bit disconcerting. But just recently, I think um, with Captain Phillips, especially, he's he's managed. Um, A couple of seamless performances And this really is one I think this might be My favourite of his performances Um, And he compliments Mark Rylance Absolutely wonderfully Mark Rylance gives one of the most Understated um, Yet perfect performances That I have seen In a long, long time And it's really a pleasure To watch these two guys interact I have seen accusations Leveled at it from some quarters That it's Steven Spielberg On autopilot But I think that's really disingenuous There's a difference between A director of Spielberg's skill being on autopilot and simply having the, or sorry, and him simply having the confidence in his actors to let the camera be still and let them do their work for him. Um, and I think it's very much a case of the latter. It's a little bit, um, perfunctory. Um, In some aspects It's not the most visually resplendent of films Despite the fact that obviously the set decoration And the period costumes etc Are are fantastic There are some Spielbergian flares there There's a couple of really nice transitions and whatnot in the film But by and large that sort of um, Spielberg showmanship takes a back seat Much as it did in uh, in films Like Munich and he's he's More content um, to focus on the story In this case and if you are Put off by the notion of a film which is essentially Two and a bit hours of ...middle-aged men sitting in rooms, albeit very ornately decorated rooms, uh, simply talking to each other, then perhaps you had best avoid Bridge of Spies. But if you're after um, a film which is happily paced to suit its own means, um, is incredibly accomplished in its direction and has two wonderful central performances then I very much heartily recommend it and that would be not just because it's the most recent thing I've seen but again I've really there's been a dearth of trips to the cinema this year for me I've had four trips to the cinema um and the rest of my viewing has been done on catch up and I would say that this is at least tied for my film of the year so given it's a current release I'd say get out there while it's in cinemas because I don't think it'll hang around that long it's not Spielberg's most commercial film. Um, so, but definitely, we're seeing on the big screen just to enjoy those performances painted large. So, yeah, go check out Bridge of Spies. I'm quite intrigued by that
1: myself. It's very much my sort of film, I think. Uh, just I've not had a chance to get her into
0: seeing it It's not the it's not the kind of film that would have appealed to my critical faculties in my uh, teenage years. Um, but now that I'm a boring man approaching middle age, I found it very enjoyable. <laughs> it made me it made me want to pour a stiff drink and get a cigar out.
2: Well, one I'll throw in, but I won't spend a lot of time talking about because it's old news in a number of ways. Um, I did heartily enjoy Birdman, which was released in the UK for cinema wide on the first of uh, January last this year. So just sneaks in, but I'm aware it's kind of old news in terms of all the award cycle. So I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, it's just nice to see Michael Keaton again doing something worthwhile as he's a, a a kind of washed up uh, actor who was previously well known for playing a Comic book franchise star Called Birdman, not at all Batman So he's he's Now inhabiting this riggin Thompson character And he's trying to reinvent his career Take a stage on uh, an off-Broadway show It's Essentially it's shot as One long take uh, Directed by uh Alejandro González eratu who's who I have mixed reactions with. He's done some films I like a lot, and he's done some films that are amongst the worst I've seen. Yes, <laughs> he's done some films we liked, and he also did Twenty One Grams. Yes, yeah so He's <laughs> he's he's been redeeming himself a little bit with a uh, beautiful, and uh, this uh, I think is uh, a lot of fun. It's it doesn't stand up to a lot of actual scrutiny. It's it's one where it's it's a bit flashier than. Uh, it has more flash than the narrative can perhaps withhold, but nonetheless, it's got some really nice interaction between uh, Michael Keaton and Edward Norton, uh, Naomi Watts, uh, Emma Stone. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice little ensemble cast, and they all play off each other quite well. And I found it uh, quite entertaining. And the interludes of uh, Michael Keaton as he's having his breakdown, and uh, the Birdman character comes to the fore. I found to be quite amusing as well. So it's uh, it's it's a fun watch. Uh, it's probably nothing like his either narratively complex or as uh, meaningful as I think it might be aiming for, but I certainly found it to be a hell of a lot of fun. So on that basis alone, I would give it a, a thumbs up.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I would definitely recommend watching just because there's not really much else like it. And while it's not as big or as clever as I think that it thinks it is, hmm. it's um, it's certainly a lot less awful um, in that regard than the likes of 21 Grams or Babel. It is I don't have very, have very mixed feelings about this. I don't like this film, yet also like it. Which <laughs> um I can't quite um bring that cognitive distance to a conclusion there. It's, I was watching it and I was bored, but also not bored. Like, just that's it's kind of messed up my head a little bit there, I think. Um yeah, it's interesting at least. It's worth watching just because as I say there's nothing much like it. Uh the performances are certainly pretty much uniformly good. Mm-hmm. Uh Not sure that it's really um not not quite sure even now quite what it's aiming for, if it's trying to be some sort of parody or sort of because it keeps on there's a kind of rather evil film critic in it, or rather um stage critic and is it having a go at critics there, but um it's like it's uh it's also seeking critical praise by doing that. Uh I don't know, I'm not quite sure what the aim of the film is, but it's interesting. Good performance. i say, worth watching. Just don't don't fall for... Like, there was quite a lot of hype around it at the time. It definitely doesn't live up to that, although what does, I guess? So if I could move on then to something that I can be a bit more excited about. Uh, yeah, There haven't been any particular... If, if there were to be a film I'd pick this year, it's the sort of most enjoyable, most successful film, it would be Mad Max Fury Road. It is quite astonishingly entertaining... It is. It's fantastically well produced. It's incredibly entertaining. It's fun. It bombs along at quite an incredible rate of knots. It is possibly just like the perfect genre picture uh, for an action picture. The film. There's not really much that's doing wrong at all. It has very memorable characters. Uh, a main character that isn't even really the main character which is a strange trick to pull and it's a main character that barely ever speaks as well and it's just, it's just like a spot on genre piece that just seems to hit every uh, mark it shoots for pretty much manages to do an incredible amount of storytelling by action and editing without having to have any exposition um, spoken by the characters absolutely bombs along deeply entertaining Uh, fantastic visual effects superb editing great pacing pretty much a perfect film it's not the best film you've ever seen it's no Lawrence Arabia but for an action film based on what was originally a low budget Australian movie then it's pretty damned impressive
2: it is the absolute height of spectacle In cinema yep. isn't it that, um, mm-hmm. I felt I felt almost sorry For anything else that was competing for this summer Because even the most Highly budgeted glossy thing just looked Incredibly pedestrian compared to Mad Max, which is just on so many levels ridiculous. Uh, the, the visuals on it are really are astonishing. Um, the pacing is incredible. It's just uh, an amazingly solid action movie. Um, looks fantastic, sounds fantastic. Uh, so much uh, cool action, so many just iconic visuals in it. And mm-hmm. I mean, the the, the whole the, the whole much uh, lauded thing of the the. Uh, the middle of the year of seeing this this guy strapped to the front of a a, a truck playing a guitar that shoots fire yeah. because of course it does that is, why wouldn't you have that uh, yeah just absolutely for in terms of uh, cinema as spectacle this is certainly the pinnacle I've seen so far there's nothing else that touches it I mean yeah. you know, narratively of course and all that thing it's very fly away but just in terms of the actual experience of seeing this on a big yeah. screen with a big thumping soundtrack behind it Ooh magical
1: yeah it's um it, it's just so bombastic and mm-hmm. this all sounds like sort of damn it with faint praise but i absolutely don't mean it that way it's quite astonishing just how competent it is in almost every respect mm. so like everything is just so polished and it's just like a well-oiled machine it's basically a two-hour chase movie yeah. Really like a two-hour chase scene actually because it just seems to flow so well as I mentioned, they don't even have to they use like the framing of the shots and just the, the actual action to tell the story, rather than um, just letting everything slow down while a character explains something to another character and just in every every respect, it's just it's like everybody is involved at the
0: top of their game, and just it flies along. To my to my despair, I wasn't able to get to see this at the cinema and I haven't had the heart to watch it yet on catch-up at home because I kind of feel like sitting in front of the television isn't going to do it justice. If I if I don't get a chance to see it on the big screen, I almost feel like I shouldn't watch it.
1: I, would, I mean, as much as I think people should watch it because it's such a fantastic film, I'm kind of tempted to agree with that. Mm. I think if you can at least watch it with some sort of surround sound system with a decent subwoofer, then you're just you're only getting half the experience, maybe not even half.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna to have to wait for it to show up again on like a
2: a late night screening at a local cinema or something like that. Yeah, yeah. but for what I I agree with Drew. It's the it's my favourite film of the year. It's certainly the most remarkable thing I've seen in a cinema this year. Uh, my only complaint with the whole thing is that because that's quite light on uh dialogue. You don't really get to know the names of many of the characters. And I think that's a shame given the names of some of the characters which are fantastic. I mm-hmm. mean Toast the Knowing, The Splendid Angrahad, Cheeto the Fragile, The People Eater, the Bullet Farmer. You know, just so many great names that you don't really get to know if you just watch the film. You need to mm. really need to read the IMDB cast list to get the, the full experience of the film. The People <laughs> Eater does sound like a Roald Dahl character though,
1: doesn't it? Something <laughs> from
0: the BFG. Yeah,
2: but no, great film.
0: Um, I would like to um, Put forward uh, the film Which I would suggest uh, Quite possibly ties with Bridge of Spies for the best thing I've seen this year Which is Ex Machina Mm. Um, And I'm not going to waste a lot of time Talking about it because again I think uh, I spoke about it at length In our first intermission podcast Which you can catch up, it'll be episode Two or something like that If you want to know my full thoughts on it But for a sci-fi movie To be quite so um, compact And powerful and understated uh, And raise so many uh, interesting themes Some of which have been dealt with before In any number of other movies But actually to tie them all together So neatly in one package And with a really standout Central performance from Alicia Vikander Which will probably be um, horribly overlooked uh, in the forthcoming awards season But actually, um, not just as a as a traditional sort of performance But also as a, as a physical performance I think is one of the best I've seen all year um, I can't really recommend it enough To talk too much about it plot-wise Would probably be to give some stuff away Although I think I do remember saying in my review That it kind of threw me a bit of a curveball and what I thought was going to be... I thought I'd already second-guessed what was going to happen, and I was wrong. Um, so, yeah, if you want to know more about it uh, and my opinions on it, go back and check out that uh, episode. But otherwise, uh, take it from me that it is easily one of the best films of the year, and you should really go and give it a look. Um, I'm not quite so fond of X
1: Machina as you. Uh, I did kind of guess where it was going, and I was really hoping it wouldn't go there. It just seems like it's the sort of thing that's been done too many times before. But that said, Alicia Vikander, as you say, Craig, is excellent in it. It's quite a low-key film, but it's quite cerebral, and I really like that. There's a sort of thoughtful sci-fi. Yes, yeah, Echo Craig. That's it's really worth seeing.
0: Take it, Scott. Did you not see it? I've not seen it, sadly. no. Oh, no. sad. I don't mean you're sad. Obviously, I don't imagine <laughs> it's had
2: much impact on you. <laughs>
0: right it's not right had around. much impact on my yeah. life. <laughs>
2: But it, back to you. I suppose um, I would. I'm going to mention a film which I certainly made me laugh more than anything else in cinema this year, which was Spy. Mm. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, of course, is in the lead role of that. Um, I thought you were thought you were going to say Theory of Everything. There, no, no. Um, although, actually, that's surprisingly funny in places as well. But the uh, uh, Spy is uh, an incredible comedy. It's obviously a, a daft uh, knockabout comedy. Uh, Paul Feig on the And Melissa McCarthy teaming up again Uh, She's uh, a dowdy office worker In the CIA Or whichever agency they're working for Uh, Realism is not high on its uh, its agenda But uh, she's unexpectedly put into the field After a leak uh, blows the cover Of all the current existing field agents Uh, Field agents the likes of uh, Jude Laws Obvious Bond uh, Takeoff, Bradley Fine And excellently Jason Statham's <laughs> Chev Chelios from Crank uh, <laughs> who, who basically reprises that role um, it, it is Incredibly ludicrous um, It's not It's only achievement but certainly there's some Sort of achievement of Miranda Hart in a Prominent yeah, role and so she's not terrible that. In it yeah. um, Doesn't ruin the film that's, that, yes. that's
1: incredible
2: Yes, uh, the plot I'm not even going to bother uh, explaining about, but it's just uh, McCarthy getting into all these scrapes largely hindered by Jason Statham's (laughs) gurning, which is just ludicrously over the top and incredibly funny. Yeah. fantastic role from the uh in a r- film in a film where n- there's really not a bum note. It's incredibly funny all the way throughout and really incredibly enjoyable. Uh, yes, not something to deceive the narrative of course, but uh, in terms of it just being purely funny, it's the funniest thing I've seen in a good long while, so give that one a bash.
1: It's fantastic. Melissa McCarthy has always been pretty likeable and entertaining. In here it's, you kind of feel at first that she's been given the same sort of role you've seen her in before and then it subverts it quite nicely and it's yeah deeply entertaining manages to make uh, Miranda Hart you know not something just make you hurl things at the screen (laughs) Uh, and it is yeah it's it's absolutely daft don't pay no attention to the plot whatsoever but it's very entertaining and as you mentioned the absolute revelation is just how incredibly funny Jason Statham is Yeah. yeah yeah he's He's deliberately tuning the scenery here, um, and but he's clearly having a hoot, and he's just he's been a, just pulling off the line so fantastically, just really dryly doing it, and he's so entertaining to watch. I mean, if even Melissa McCarthy wasn't fantastic in this, it'd be worth watching for Jason Statham alone. Yeah, yeah. And Jude Law, yeah, I'm no great fan of Jude Law am I? And it's not like he's bad in this, but he's he's Jude Law, so he's you know pretty much bland and forgettable. But it's more than made up for by everybody else, in
2: it? Props out to our boy, Peter Serafinovich, as Aldo, as a supporting yes. role. A tremendous <laughs> supporting role, is that?
1: Yeah. that's. Um, I'd forgotten about Peter Serafinovich, actually. But yeah, he's fantastic <laughs> in that. Just, yeah. Again, tune the scenery, but it absolutely fits with the mood of the film. Um, yeah. And you can tell, too, when people are enjoying the film they're making and it just it translates to being more enjoyable for the audience as well. And it looks like everybody involved was just having an absolute hoot. Yeah. Yeah. So from that I think I'll move on to So I've hardly seen anything this year and yet I can hardly remember what I haven't seen. There was a sentence in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. If you can remember the films that you've not seen, like in terms of the <laughs> plot and things, then maybe you're going to a David Lynch film yourself. Yeah.
1: So. Okay, um, right. So another thing I probably want to talk about is Black Mass, which is story of James Whitey Bulger, the brother of a Massachusetts state senator and one of the most infamous criminals in US history. He's a violent sociopath who runs a crew of... Mobsters with Irish ancestry in South Boston, and who at the same time became an FBI informant. I like him already. This is back to like seeing Johnny Depp, the actor Johnny Depp. I mean, (laughs) remember him?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as opposed to the gurning Johnny Depp.
1: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. It's like, it's back to the Johnny Depp that was so fantastic in things like Donny Brasco. It's like, oh, yeah, remember Johnny Depp? He, just, he was really good at the old acting stuff. Yeah, so here he is again um, looking really creepy and he's slightly balding head and the, quite frankly, terrifying eyes that his character has here. It's um, it's not quite as good as I hoped for, I'd have to say that. I mean, Probably compared to Donny Brasco I think Donnie Brasco is a more entertaining film Even though
0: Donnie Brasco is insurmountable
1: Although in Danny, Donnie Brasco was a lot to Goodfellas Where this Black Mass is a bit Different from that sort of film It's maybe a bit closer to something like American Gangster actually In terms of the way it looks and feels But it's uh, An entertaining story What it just lacks is that It just sort of moves along Almost in a documentary way at times without giving you a real hook into the characters and Johnny Depp's Whitey Bulger is is terrifying but the characters around him it's harder to get invested in again I know a lot of them are criminals but it's things like Goodfellas and Donny Brasco manage it and Black Mask is quite as successful in that regard but it's very entertaining it's a very um, interesting and intimidating character Whitey Bulger this is also based on, you know, True Story, but for particular movie values of True. And for if for no reason, no reason other than the fact that it's Johnny Depp acting, again, it's worth seeing. It's, it really is nice to remember that he's really good at that. And on top of that, it's just an interesting character, interesting story. Benedict Cumberbatch, perhaps not fantastically well cast as his uh, state senator brother. Joel Edgerton's really, really good as the FBI contact. Kevin Bacon's in it, and you know we don't want to hate him, which which is nice too. <laughs> so, uh, at no point during this film did I see Kevin Bacon and think, "Oh, I'm going to kill you for those ev- um, everything everywhere adverts." I'm going to get so that's a uh, that's a good sign, I think. Um, you know, good support from the likes of Rory Cochrane Peter Sarsgaard as well. I'm sure, what else to say? It it is good. This is all I can say just now because I'm rubbish at this apparently. Yeah, watch it.
0: Good advice. Um, So given that I haven't seen anything else that would qualify as sort of like an outstanding film of the year contender, um, I'll run briefly through the rest of the stuff that I've got on my list. and, And no... Particular order of preference. Um, in fact, some of them are absolutely of no preference, but I'll mention them just because <laughs> I saw them and there's plenty to talk about. Spectre, uh, which again I saw fairly recently, obviously. Um, I felt you guys were a little bit harsh on Spectre. I didn't incorrect. think it was. I, no, no, in, incorrectly incorrect. Uh, Spectre wasn't that bad of a Bond movie It wasn't up there with Skyfall But it was certainly um, probably a better cinematic package Than something like Quantum of Solace Although I still argue for Quantum of Solace As a uh, misunderstood uh, movie That was a victim of its circumstance I felt Spectre was perfectly serviceable Um, It wasn't the the Bond movie 100% the Bond movie I wanted It was maybe 80% But um that's still better than some others and Danny Craig has certainly racked up, I think, the most consistent level of good Bond performances and good Bond movies, um, out of any of the, the Bonds. So I would argue that he is probably now objectively the best Bond, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, unless anyone, <laughs> unless any of you wants to pick a fight, um, I think you guys spoke about it briefly on a previous podcast. Anyway, right? You weren't as fond of it. Uh, well, you, yeah, you we had...
2: spent we spent about half an hour discussing it. I think at the end of the day, yes. so probably not going to go into too much. But yes, didn't like it at all. Um, but yeah, I agree. Daniel Craig is objectively certainly the best actor to ever play Bond, yes. uh, which has been the case for a while. But uh, you know, still, I still prefer Connery. But you know, um, we kind you, of have to though. Yeah. We're biased for Connery, aren't we? We're if you were. I'm just
0: being honest yeah, If you
2: were doing it scientifically you'd probably make a very good case for Daniel Craig But no I didn't really appreciate Spectre a great deal Yeah In terms of, um, in terms of just films That I saw
0: that were actually entertaining uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation was okay we did a bit of a mission impossible retrospective and again we spoke at that uh, about that at length so i'm not going to go into any more detail about that but um it was certainly serviceable um and an entertaining enough way to spend 2 hours i didn't want my money back when i left run all night was a surprisingly slick and effective uh thriller um with your man uh, oh god what's his chops Liam Neeson. How could, how could Liam Neeson's name go out of my head? Very much as, well, not quite a genre movie, but very much, um, a movie that sets out its stall and delivers pretty much what is expected in a, in a thoroughly slick and professional way. Um, and far more enjoyable than it probably ought to be. Um, Kingsman, the Secret Service. Which I thought was really, really enjoyable um, I would actually argue that I enjoyed it far more than kick-ass um, I didn't really take to kick-ass on first viewing I enjoyed it more second time around when I watched it again recently uh, And reassessed it But I actually think Kingsman was immediately a more entertaining film um, And really had some fantastic performances A great sense of humour No idea how it passed the BBFC as a 15 certificate though Um <laughs> You, want, you could you could probably write a book about the reasons why that film shouldn't be a 15 certificate uh, on the slightly disappointing uh, end of the scale i think american sniper was a competent Clint Eastwood's directorial effort And Bradley Cooper was serviceable in his role Um, I don't think It was an awards worthy role um, But obviously certain Voters disagreed but I think We were all in agreement there What else have we got? Yeah and then I'm left with Two entries on the list which again we've discussed it, Or I've certainly ranted on about Enough um, At length in recent podcasts uh, so again, I have no intention of sullying this podcast by talking about them in any depth whatsoever, uh, other than to ask what the hell were you lot thinking when you put Jurassic World and <laughs> Fast and Furious 7 at the top of the summer box office, you absolute psychopaths, you masochistic <laughs> fools. Um Jurassic World massively, massively disappointing, Scott. We we spoke about it for about fifteen minutes, I think, on uh, on a previous podcast there but Drew wasn't able to join us. But Drew, did you have anything to chip in about that?
1: Um I dislike it even more than you do. Excellent. Um, I know you were talking about it being basically the first film over again, which is mm. pretty accurate. Except I never liked mm. the first film all that much anyway. I was never that taken by it and the second one is is well Jurassic World rather is worse in every conceivable way. It's, um, yeah, Chris Pratt's charisma had just gone bye bye in that film. Mm-hmm. It's Dallas like he spends it
0: all on Gal- uh,
1: Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. Christ Alice has basically never had charisma. Um, and she's got all the charisma of a brick wall on this when she's trying to act against Chris Pratt. And I just, has one of my absolute pet hates in monster films is basically having the monsters roar all the time, particularly at camera. It just it makes me just go to sleep.
0: Just, that's, it, that's a fairly specific specific form of narcolepsy you've got there.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm in medical journals, everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: so yeah, Jurassic Park did not do much to me other than to gently sent me nodding off. it wasn't a good film at all
0: I found it distressingly mundane uh, given the reception that it had from audiences um, did not deliver anything that it promised in no way deviated from the established formula like it promised to do and given that it is no better or worse than at least the previous two entries in the franchise I have no idea why this suddenly set the box office alight other than to say a generation has clearly grown up in the interim (laughs) who are so easily pleased with with that kind of thing that I guess if the studios can get away with it then more power to them but I do believe a massive massive proportion of you out there are smoking crack on a regular <laughs> basis uh, and the same could probably be applied to the audience for Fast and Furious 7 obviously a delicate uh, two-hander very much in the mold of Brokeback Mountain between Vin Diesel and the other one who died in a car crash ironically enough Um, Just a ridiculous, ridiculous film which delivers nothing in terms of coherent plotting, character, or physics. The, (laughs) The kind of thing that honestly seems to be the product of some sort of like hormone addled 12 year old's mind this is the sort of thing that someone of limited intelligence probably scripted on the the inside back cover of a jotter in english uh and thought it would be something they would hand in as a as a, as an example of their coursework um who uh, drank sunny d all day and um I don't know who's who didn't really know their parents. I honestly don't understand what this film was trying to achieve. It was my first foray into the franchise. It will be my last. <laughs> um, And literally no redeeming qualities whatsoever. It wasn't even so bad. It was funny. It just was ridiculous. I have no idea how this sort of thing gets conceived or made, let alone reaches a billion dollars in the quickest time Uh uh, at the US domestic box office, I believe, or was it the international box office? Sorry, it reached a it set a record for the speed with which it reached a billion dollars. Mental, absolutely mental, and I don't mean in an entertaining way. <laughs> and that concludes my list. On it. No, not at all. And that concludes my list of things what I saw this year, essentially.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'll just move on to things I saw that are worth mentioning, anyway. Got got to mention Inside Out. It's really a very entertaining movie, really quite touching. It's still not even close to being in the realms of Pixar's greatest stuff, which are basically still the Toy Story films. Uh, but it's much better than some of the more kind of Pixar by number stuff like Ratatouille. Touching, quite inventive, uh, entertaining. It's a Pixar film. If you like Pixar films, you're going to like this. If you don't like Pixar films, you probably don't have a soul. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, Sim- simple but effective criteria. Yeah, um, I spent too much more time and said it. It's a Pixar film. It's and it's really good. Yeah, one thing I would mention. Uh, uh, so this year, this comes into the sort of the blockbuster category, and there've been a couple other ones from the same studio this year, but. The Marvel film that was most entertaining this year was comfortably Ant Man. Avengers Age of Ultron was pretty lackluster, certainly compared to previous Marvel films. Ant Man, however, just, it's fun, which is something that some of the other Marvel films have failed to be. They've been a bit pole faced at times, even when you've had the, the repartee between the characters. A bit poor faced. Ant Man, it's a Marvel caper movie, a caper heist movie. It's Entertaining. Paul Rudd's really enjoyable to watch as the main character. Uh, great uh, support from the likes of Michael Douglas and Michael Pena. And yeah, it's a superhero movie. It doesn't take it to itself too seriously at all.
0: See, I'm, I'm almost tempted by your description of that. But I have to say, as much as I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm just spent. I've got no interest in any more Marvel movies for years to come. Their, their oversaturation of the market is Absolutely, doing my nutting They get a bit fatiguing. Um, I've seen all of them, but um, and uh, don't get me wrong, there's been fatiguing. yeah, there's been one or two good ones. But like, I take exception that people. I mean, people held um, Captain America, the Winter he- uh, the Winter Soldier, up as um, a particularly good example, and I like, I completely disagree. Anyone who turns around and says, "Oh, it's effectively a seventies conspiracy thriller," no, it's not. Get a grip of yourself. No, I, That's really, a strange thing. I enjoyed really it. I wouldn't say it's a seventies conspiracy. Yeah, yeah it's um, basically a seventies conspiracy <laughs> thriller. No, no I, I, I've heard I that really, from really multiple enjoyed, sources.
1: Really, really enjoyed the Winter Soldier. I thought it's probably the best Marvel
0: film to date. Really, seventies conspiracy thriller though. No, no, no. I don't. I honestly, I'm surprised that you enjoyed it that much. I found it really, really boring and quite formulaic um like no, it was just checking off all the marvel marvel boxes but i like i really enjoyed guardians of the galaxy and i kind of want to see ant-man because enough people whose opinions i trust such as yourself have told me that it's actually just really good fun but i just i'm kind of done with the whole the whole marvel movies thing already yeah that's understandable but it's
1: something i should think that because of the nature of the film it actually worked quite well on a small screen, so something just lazy Saturday afternoon that's mm. worth catching up on.
0: And, and can I just say as well, I am utterly aware of the fact that that probably sounds obnoxious to some people, and actually, it's you know, I, I, I get it. I, like I whine about that stuff, but a good movie is a good movie, right? And I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, close down a good movie just because it comes from a certain stable. But there's just something about Marvel's um, permeation of the market at the moment and the audacity with which they, um, they announced the release schedule up until, what, like 2019 or something already? Yeah. Um. I just think to myself, oh my god, you're jumping the gun so much. And it just feels like some sort of really cynical cash grab. Um. And I just keep waiting for the wheels to fall off at some point. But I understand that there are a huge, huge number of people who are enjoying those movies. I also appreciate that actually, for a franchise that is rolling up, that is steamrolling the market as much as it is, they are certainly any one of those films that I've seen so far, uh, at worst, are still leagues ahead of something like Fast and Furious 7. So I don't, I don't begrudge anyone their love of those Marvel things. I want to be clear about that. I'm not making a judgment on on the people who are clearly enjoying those movies. Just personally, there's something I find really objectionable about it, and that's my that's my cross to bear. I'm probably just being an idiot
2: about it, as I so frequently am. Um, yeah. I mean, I can take so, him or leave them. I don't really. I never quite understood this oversaturation thing. I mean, it's three movies a year. But it's at, at worst, you know. Uh, the the market can bear that, if you want to see them, you see them. If you don't, don't. It's not. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's not like if it, if it was three romantic comedies a year was oversaturating the market. Everyone would think they were <laughs> mental. So you know, <laughs> it, you're, they're kind of a genre unto themselves. So on that basis, I don't really mind mm. it. I just, I just pick and choose the ones I, I like. Yeah. One I don't care. You're of not course sure that right. I would like it. You're but right. Look forward to that one.
1: Um, so apart from that, man, right? A couple of things that I saw this year's worth uh, mentioning. I think Legend is one. Uh, definitely not the the Tom Hardy film of the year and it's not fantastic I think Tom Hardy is a bit tuned the scenery a bit as one of the Grey Brothers but it's a entertaining film interesting characters that's undeniable interesting time 60s London East End gangsters that sort of thing Tom Hardy doing not as well, as he'd done if he'd concentrated on just one role, I suspect, but still, Tom Hardy taking on two roles at once in the one film. It's ambitious, mostly works, and it's just the, the film, it, it's missing a bit of an edge that it needs to think, which is weird given the subject matter, but it's uh, pretty entertaining. If you like Tom Hardy, it's definitely worth checking out for his performance alone. It's only just sneaks in because it was released on the 1st of January, but another film I really enjoyed this year was The Theory of Everything biopic of the great professor Stephen Hawking could easily have just been pastiche or straight out trying to do an impersonation of Stephen Hawking there's a lot more subtlety in Eddie Redmayne's performance than that entertaining story, interesting person and something, and maybe this is unfair but I kind of feel that if this had been an American film then it would have been a bit more straight-laced whereas it being British there's a bit of humour in there the Levin's thinks nice and nice, just Descartes seem more human too. I think in particular of a scene with a Dalek, and that's, yeah, just a very, very interesting film about a very interesting person who's, you know, great mind trapped in a broken body. It's a pretty compelling viewing.
2: I've only got about three uh, films kind of bubbling under, two of uh, that I would sort of consider to be in the running for like, worth mentioning as best films of the year. Uh, two of them we have already mentioned, Inside Out and The Theory of Everything, both very good. The only other one is uh, there's a somewhat more obscure Still Life, uh, written and directed by Uberto Pasolini. It was a film that was kicking about in festivals around about 2013 and essentially sat on a shelf for two years, uh, snuck out into cinemas in the UK in about February of this year, Um uh, Eddie Marsan is in it, and he is awesome. Uh, he is playing a, a council caseworker who is uh, given the task of tracking down, you know, lost relatives of people who have died alone, uh, sort of with no no relatives to kind of inform them and uh, and sort out the kind of funeral details for that. So it's not the cheeriest film you will ever see. <laughs> it is, however, incredibly well observed. It's. Uh, very quiet and very thoughtful. Uh, has some you know nice bits of character and characterization. Uh, it's a nice little arc It has the worst ending of any film I've seen this year. It's just that it's a the last sort of five minutes. Just f- the rails fall off it completely, and I don't know what they were thinking because it's such a good film up until that point. Um, but yes, definitely well well worth a look. And uh, yeah, if you if you don't really had. Uh, a lot of uh, time, Freddie Marsden. Maybe, maybe you've not seen him as a as a kind of leading man in a great many things. But if you haven't, then. Definitely give this film a watch because he's he's a very very engaging and capable actor when he's in the lead roles. But he's obviously normally mm. kind of, you know, third fiddle to, to many other characters. He's normally a supporting act, but when he's given the chance, he can do amazing things. So, yeah, I would give that one a look. I'm pretty sure that is now showing up on your streaming services, so give that a bash. Um, everything else I've seen this year is sort of between various realms of average or below average. You know, some mm. of the mainstream stuff, the Avengers and Cinderella and spooks and. Can I can Cameron I do James a quick is? rewind? Did who mentioned the theory
0: of everything? Was it Me. true? Yes. Ah, right. I missed the point at which you were mentioning that. Sorry, I must have. I must have stopped paying attention for a moment. For which I apologise. I just want to say I found that average. I found it quite cookie cutter, um, very much a template uh, biography, and not the not the biography I was I was hoping for of of uh, Stephen Hawking's uh, uh, life. But at the same time, it was a thoroughly entertaining film.
2: Um, I liked and it, it was, it was nice, produced. but it was a bit toothless um, mm. I'm mm. sure there's They could have uh, You know what, I suggest these things go muckraking Especially when the people involved are still alive But I did feel that it was glossing over some things It should have been a bit more contentious But um, anyway, I enjoyed it Yeah Yeah. So they, As I say, a lot of a lot of things that are You know d- Average, disappointing. Uh, Terminator Genesis, something that was almost bears mention. It's I didn't hate it as much as I thought it would, but it's still quite bad. But the, the worst film that I saw this year uh, it was one of the few films I just couldn't be bothered watching to the end. Was was the Interview, which uh, was stuck out to cinemas over a year after the Oh old, god, I forgot. I've seen film.
0: the Interview. Yes, yeah, well, I've seen yes. the Interview. It's awful. Yeah, yeah
1: uh-huh. it's, uh, I get the impression it. into the end. It doesn't get any better. Yeah, it, no, it worse. doesn't.
2: It doesn't. Yeah, it have, you're right. It would have quite clearly been one of these films that would have, you know, attracted. You're know, given the the, the the stars of it. It would have attracted a small audience and died down quietly, and no one would have cared very much about it, and mm-hmm. no one would have thought or thought you know more than twenty minutes about it. Uh, unfortunately, it got caught up in this ridiculous hacking and uh, censorship mm-hmm. scandal, which then made it a, po- a point of a point of pride to watch this To stop the North Koreans getting to yes, us. I'm and not it was convinced that Kim Jong Un wasn't in on it. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't slip him a couple what of. Quite. Cut on this one because it's the only no yeah. explanation for it But yes, it's it's just a comedy that's not particularly Funny and it did not Yes, it, it suddenly got a lot more scrutiny Than it warranted and it could not hold up That that end of the bargain particularly well So yeah, not not a great uh, Not a great day out for anyone concerned So yes, avoid but, uh, Yeah, I won't rattle off the other ones I've seen I don't think there's much, point, much value in that But yeah, that's my, that's my general list of stuff that I liked And the one thing that I really didn't This year, so yep
1: It's hard to say whether it's been a good or disappointing use because I've simply not seen anything like the usual volume of films.
0: <laughs> what a useful podcast this has been <laughs> then. Yes. <laughs> We've been a bit busy this year for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to our film podcast where we discuss all Does the it, films we didn't get to see.
0: There's a reason we relaunched with the new format and a focus less on uh, general releases, I suppose. So we're to be yes. excused. We're to, we set our stall out that way, so we're to be excused.
1: Yep, that was very much the enter. Yes, that was our list of their our favourite films of the year and the a large number of films that we didn't actually get to see at all. So we hope there's something there that will pique your interest and encourage you to check it out. Uh, next up after this, we'll have our David Lynch special. Till then, uh, we'll bid you adieu. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.